Amen. Good morning, church. It's great to be here. It's great, it's great actually to preach face to face. And uh, good morning, church, those who are at home. And why don't you actually give a clap to those who are at home? We can't really give you a shout, so that's the best we can do now. So we've been on a journey since the beginning of the year. And the journey was about becoming. The word that God spoke to us, the word that God spoke to, to Tim about being stronger in faith, deeper in prayer, and bolder in witness. And in reality, this journey actually got started us on way before that. If you remember at the beginning of last year, Tim was actually bringing, again, a word about that it's all about the presence of God. It's all about camping, being in the presence of God. It's all about him, and without his presence, it's really nothing. And the whole year was pointing at that, and the whole year was about actually being around the presence. You remember that we stayed for a, quite some time about, you know, pose and pray and, and get into the word. And the other thing is that we ended up that year, God speaking to us prophetically and saying, well, I want you to dwell. I want you to abide. I want you to abide in my presence. This journey has been going for a while. And now we're talking about something that God is taking us through. And I see that it's the same way. God is telling us to be stronger in faith. God is telling us to be deeper in prayer. God is telling us to be bolder in witness. And the real question is why? We are on this introductory series, mini-series, and we're going to dwell on those three aspects, maybe for the whole year. I want to read the last part of the passage with you, which is Acts 4, this is where we're in. But I want you to notice this. The whole journey in Acts, since things started, since the Holy Spirit came and filled the disciples on the day of Pentecost, that's in Acts 2, you will see the same things recurring all the time. You know that the Holy Spirit comes, the Holy Spirit focuses on them, fills them, and they get to pray, they get to multiply, they get to witness, they get to grow. And then the same thing again, that was near the temple. You remember Peter uh, preached to 3,000 people. And then Peter and John are going to the temple again. And they see a guy. And the text shows us that he's been there for quite some time. He's 40 years old. He's been going there every single Shabbat or every single day. We don't know. But definitely they saw him. Definitely whenever they were going through the gate beautiful, they saw him. And they were going to pass through. I mean, they, they didn't target him. They, they, they didn't go like when some people would say, oh, go to the mall and pray for proofreading, which is great. But that's not actually what the text is saying. They weren't targeting him. They were just passing by. But he stopped them. He asked for alms. And then the Holy Spirit, that's my uh, paraphrase, stopped them. Because they looked at him differently. And may I suggest to you, they only looked at him differently because 
they were filled with the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit would fill us, as it is on God's heart, you will see people differently. You will see the world differently. And because they saw him differently, and they knew what they had, because they were filled with the Spirit. So Peter said, what I have is what I can give you. So in the name of Jesus Christ, and, and he, that miracle that you all heard of, and it happened, and then everybody gathered around that because it was a sign and a wonder. People weren't happy with that. The rulers, the, those who are in authority, they chucked them in prison, took them out the second day, and uh, they talked to them. They were really upset, and the text says this, because they were preaching the resurrection from the dead in the name of Jesus. And then from that, they threatened them, told them not to talk about Jesus, which is funny, you know. You're getting threatened, and they're saying, uh, no, don't talk in the name of Jesus again. Uh, no, we will. I'm I'll take your belongings. Uh, just a chapter ago, we're already sharing our belongings. We don't have any. Yeah. Those who have belongings, most of us are actually poor. Uh, but we will put you in prison. I just came out of prison. Didn't make any difference. I'm saying no. Because you need to judge that. Should we obey God more than obeying you? I think we should obey God. God is worthy of obedience and worship and praise. So we go into this thing about stronger in faith. Remember, those people are not like us. Those people didn't have insurance, for example, to fall on. They didn't have, you know, uh, social services to fall on. They're giving everything they have. Here is the passage. Let's read it together. It's Acts 4 and from verse 32. It will appear on the screen now. Or not. Okay. So in that part, it says that everyone with, with one spirit, one heart, and no one was poor. And the reason that no one was poor was that they were selling their belongings, sharing everything together, being with one heart together. And powers and miracles were happening on the hands of the, the apostles. And Barnabas, that's another example, and he wasn't even living in Jerusalem at least at the time, he was from Cyprus, he had a piece of land. And what did he do? He did exactly the same. He went and sold that piece of land and put the money at the feet of the apostles so that everyone would share and no one would be in need. No one would be poor. What would make you do something like that? Imagine if you can live in that freedom. Freedom from fear about what will happen to you financially. Freedom from thinking about tomorrow, will I have enough to feed my family, feed myself? Will I have a roof or I won't have a roof? Will I have enough to pay my taxes? They're free. When you believe in Jesus, 
you get to be that free. If you really believe in Jesus, you get to be that free. If we want to get to be bolder in witness, we have to know whom we're believing in. So stronger in faith would be the first thing that I want to tell you, would be that you believe in Jesus. I don't know if you like to do that, but I like to write things that are written in the Bible from those disciples, those disciples that you heard of, those who shared everything, okay? They wrote their words, their testimony about Jesus in the Bible. Write to write them sometimes and, and just use them as praise. Remember, these are the disciples who, until Jesus died on the cross, until they saw him risen, and until actually they dealt with their doubts, they only thought of him as a prophet, as a man. A good man, a man of God, but just as a man. Let me read to you some of the stuff they wrote. Jesus, the incarnate son, Emmanuel, the Lamb of God, the Savior of the world. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, means that he created all things. Who is appointed the heir of all things, through whom also the universe was created. By him all things were created in heaven and on earth. The visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rules or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. He is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. The firstborn of the dead, that means he is the beginning of the new creation. He is the author of the new creation. He is the radiance of the glory of God. He is the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. It's very important to believe in Jesus as who he is, not as what we think he is. He is the Lord of Lords. He is the King of Kings. He has authority over all, over all things. He is the sovereign God. You're not following a mere, you know, guru. Someone who knows how to talk to you motivationally, who tickles your senses maybe or encourages you. No, you are following the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords the one who has authority over all things, the one who gained victory over all things. And this is why they had hope. This is why they were free from fear. This is why they were able to share even what they didn't have from their own need because the king of kings is their shepherd, because he rules in righteousness, because he cares for us. Because he is the God who chose to empty himself, leave everything, get incarnate so that he would show us his love and win the victory on our behalf. Be strong in Jesus. Be strong in believing in who Jesus is. And if you believe in Jesus like that, there would be no place for humanism. You're not the center of the universe. Man is not the center of the world. There would be no place 
for secularism or pluralism, most of the isms really. There will be no place for political correctness. He wasn't really politically correct. And Jesus is the only way, and there is no other way to go to the Father except through Jesus. He is the name that is above all names. The other part is that you need to believe in the gospel. And hear what the gospel is really saying. I don't know if you've heard the gospel this way. I'm sure you might have done that. But if you didn't, let me tell you what the gospel is. The gospel says this. We're dead. You're dead. You're dead in your sin. I know you think you're not. You're dead in your sins. And you have no hope. You have no present hope and you have no future hope except through the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that is God's grace. Ephesians 2 says that by grace you're saved. By grace you're saved. You're dead, so you're unable. You trespass, that's what is said in Ephesians 2, so you're undeserving. And Jesus and God, in his love, made salvation for you and me. We need to believe in Jesus. And we need to believe in the gospel for real. And when you really believe in that, you don't have a problem with where you are, who you are. Because you know there is grace. You know there is grace. You don't have a problem with how the world is because you know there is power and grace because Jesus won the victory. You don't have a problem with the authorities as the disciples didn't have problems with the authorities. They are against them. They are not in fear. Why? Because we know the one who is in authority. We know the one who is in power. We know the king of kings. And God is calling us to be deeper in prayer. And in that, I want to repeat to you what he said to the Samaritan woman. And to the Samaritan woman, he was saying this. Saying, well, the Father is looking for those who would worship, those who would pray in spirit and in truth. In spirit, wholeheartedly, like total dependence on God, total dependence on how he is leading us, total dependence on him as the one who is ministering to us, helping us, shaping us, transforming us. But as well, in deep communion with the Holy Spirit. You see in the book of Acts that everything was from the Spirit. Because they were filled with the Spirit, people got transformed. People got convicted when they preached. Because they were filled with the Spirit, miracles were happening. Because they were filled with the Spirit, they didn't give in to fear. Because they were filled with the Spirit, again, praying for boldness, they kept sharing together and going into what God has called them to do. The Spirit is the main person in our lives. He is our senior leader, our senior partner. He is the one who shows us who Jesus is. He is the one who shapes us. He is the one who forms us. He is the one who transforms our heart from the inside out so that we become like Jesus. Then the second part is we want to grow deeper in prayer. 
by believing the truth. Not anyone's truth, not the cultural truth, not the government's truth, though we bless them, we pray for everyone, but the truth of God, the truth according to God, the Bible. We believe in the word of God as it is. We believe in what he is saying. What he says is true. What the whole world says is not true. We don't believe in our eyes. We believe in his word. We walk by faith and not by sight. Now, if you are praying and you are praying it with the Holy Spirit, he is revealing to you truth. Have you noticed what he's done with them, with the disciples in Acts 4, in their prayer? He opened to them that part, Psalm 2. How many times did they read Psalm 2 and they're thinking they are against the Lord and his Messiah? I don't really get this. And then all of a sudden, oh, yes, because in this city, in this city, the Gentiles, the Romans, and the rulers, the high priest, the priests, and so on, were against the anointed one of God. They were against him, and they crucified him. But God glorified him. When you pray, when you read the word with the Holy Spirit, you get revelation. You need to depend on the Holy Spirit. You need to depend on the word of God. That it would be, as Jesus said, if you hear my words, if you obey my commandments, you love me. And if you obey my commandments, you are a wise person. You're building your life on the rock. You need need the truth of God to build your life on. And that brings us, if we're living by faith, and if we are obeying the word, and if we are going with the spirit, if we are worshiping wholeheartedly, to be bold in witness. Here's the thing about witness. Witness is something that you see, that you hear. John, John writing in, 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 in his epistle, First John, he's saying, well, with regard to what we've seen, what we've heard, what we've touched, with regard to the life, the life, the eternal life that we've witnessed, that we've experienced. See, God wants us to make, uh, wants to make us witnesses, not because he needs people to talk, though this is our role. He's giving, it, giving us that privilege. God wants to make us bolder in witness and witnesses because he wants us to experience his glory his companionship, his fellowship, to be in his presence, to see and taste how good is the Lord. Bold in witness is for us, it's not for him. Imagine that you are living this life. Imagine that you are free from fear, that you are able to face all the challenges because you know, you know the one you believed in. You know the riches of his grace. You know the hope for which he called us. You know that the power that raised Jesus from the dead is working in us. God wants to journey with us to make us bolder in witness. In that, he wants to make us first, he wants to make us confident. We will be bolder in witness when we are confident. First, confident in his cross and resurrection, in the reality, 
in the power of the cross and resurrection. This is the life. It is actually to know him, the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship, the fellowship of his suffering, the cross. When you know how the cross put an end to things, the resurrection gave you a new life. You created new creation for a new life. Confident in the cross and resurrection. And that you would be confident as well in the will of God. You're not approaching people when you're not sure about his will. Does God want them saved? Does he want to bless them? Does he want to heal them? Well, God wants to reveal himself, and this is shown in the incarnation. He loves them, and the Bible tells us that this is the will of God, that all would come to know the truth and be saved. You're confident in the cross and resurrection. You're confident in the will of God. And the other side to becoming bolder in witness is God will get us to be compelled. Compelled by his love. The one commandment that Jesus said, a new commandment I give you, is love one another. You see that in, in, in Acts. Have you experienced that? Have you experienced people selling their own belongings to take care of you? Have you experienced that? That you would sell your own belongings to care for people because you love them wholeheartedly and because you trust the one who cares for you. Compelled by his love. You cannot give what you don't have. So what God is aiming for is that he would fill us with his love. And this is by filling us with his spirit. The, the love of God was bestowed, was poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. The Bible says. Compelled by his love. Compelled as well with conviction. Conviction that this world that we see the people around us, the people that we kind of walk sometimes on eggshells around them because we don't want to offend them, because we're worried that they would be upset. If you have conviction that they would perish, they would perish. They would die and perish in hell. What would you sacrifice? Are you convinced with the truth? Compelled by the truth, the conviction that this is why Jesus came, that people won't perish, that this is how God loves the world, that he gave his only begotten son. Compelled. You know, when I think about why is God taking us on this journey? Because he loves us so much. He wants us to live like Jesus. He wants to shape us into his image. He wants us to live the meaningful life that only comes from Jesus. You know, all philosophers, uh, everyone would think about what is the meaning of life? Why am I here? And these are really deep questions. Let me give you the answer. 
let me give you the answer. You are here to live Jesus. You are here to live the life that he gives you. You are here to experience him and live with him and in him and by him. And through him, you would change the world. This is the calling. This is the calling. You know, the Bible says this in Romans 8. It says, for the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it. And he is freeing us and using us to free the creation from bondage. What better can you live for? Who is better to live with? We have an invitation to really become bold and witness, but because we've experienced God, and that's through faith and prayer, being stronger in faith and deeper in prayer. Would you pray with me? We need the Holy Spirit. Let's seek the Holy Spirit to transform us from the inside out and shape us into the image and into the likeness of Jesus. Shape in us that image so that the revealing of the sons of God would transform the whole earth around us. Pray with me, please. Pray in your heart. Just open up and say, Holy Spirit, come. I give you my heart. I give you my life. Would you come and take authority and do the Father's will? Glorify Jesus. Glorify Jesus in us. Shape us into his likeness. Shape us according to your will. Have your way. Let's continue praying this prayer with the coming song. Just pray. Give your heart to the Holy Spirit. Give him, ask him to fill you. Ask him to rule over you. Ask him to shape you. In Jesus' name.